Hello, and welcome back to I Don't Imagine Anyone's Listening, the podcast where I bang on about whatever I feel like talking about because I don't imagine that anyone's listening. It's been a bit since I've recorded one of these because I do them in chunks so that I can forget about it and do other things. And But the issue with that being that I forget about it and do other things. And then I'm like, oh no, I have to have for something to put out. Ah! Um, so for me, it's been a while since I've recorded anything. For you, it's been a normal interval since I've uploaded anything. So I don't know what the point of that was. I hope you missed me. And in the spirit of that, I will introduce myself. I am Monica Murray-Durr, certified internet nobody, and the host of this here podcast you're listening to right now. This time, this this week, this interval of, of time, uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different from what I've done before. And by different, I mean longer. <laughs> Because if you know me, and if you're listening to this, you probably do. The odds are very, very high that you know me personally, which, which is great because you you know me in real life, and yet you want to keep listening to the sound of my voice, even if you don't have to. So thanks, guys. So if you know me, you know that I am obsessed with Loki. So when the show came out on Disney+, Plus, obviously, I was super into it and I am very pleased that it was good. At the time I'm recording this, it has just finished like a week ago. So I've now seen every episode twice and I'm gonna give you guys a very spoilery breakdown episode by episode of what I thought of it. So if you haven't seen it, pause this, go watch it. It's only six hours. Come right back and listen to what I have to say about it. Or if you don't really care, you could just... I could just spoil the whole thing for you. That's also possible. That's that's a choice you can make. It's not a choice I would make, but I'm going to leave it open to you. But before I get into it, I want to say thank you for listening. And at this point, someone has left me a review on iTunes. Was it left by a close personal friend? Yes, but thank you nonetheless. If any of my other close personal friends and or strangers close personal strangers who are listening. If you want to leave me a review on iTunes, that's super, super cool and helpful because that means that other people can find me more easily and listen to all of the interesting and fascinating and incredibly intelligent things I have to say. And you know, everyone, everyone should have this experience. We should make sure that everyone can have this experience. So if you're so inclined, leave me a review. That'd be really nice. Yeah, I mean, as As you may have guessed from the title of this podcast, I do this mainly for my own amusement, but I am quite pleased when it turns out that other people are listening to it and actually liking it. So if you liked it, leave me a review. If you didn't like it, lie and leave me a good review anyway. How's that? Great. Anyway, now let's get into Loki. You've had plenty of time to pause this, go watch six hours of television and come back. So no excuses if I spoil things because I've already told you I am going to spoil everything. All right, here we go. So general overview because this is the third Marvel TV show that we've gotten from Disney Plus. And uh, I thought the first two, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, were kind of disappointing. Um, WandaVision started off really cool. The sitcom premise thing worked really well. It was a very cool idea. Um, And then at the end, it was just a Marvel movie. If it weren't for the framework of the television episode thing, 
they could have just cut this into a regular length Marvel movie. But it still set up some interesting stuff that might happen in the future. White Vision is a thing. So that's fun. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier started off very cool. There was some great flying around and fighting. And then it... I don't know. I sort of found the whole experience to be underwhelming and generally meh. Like, it had its bright spots. And again, I did enjoy watching it. But... I don't know. I just thought it it was a lot of hype for that and it was fine. So I am very, very happy to report that Loki was great and Loki stayed great for all six episodes because the first two were so good, so good that I thought it had nowhere to go but down. And um, even though the first two episodes are still my favorite. I really, the beginning of it was very, there was a certain anything can happen magic in those first two episodes, but I I think that it still had good stuff the entire way through. It, it kept you guessing, or kept me guessing for at least the first four episodes, and then we got into the last two. There's only, well, that's not even true. I did, what didn't, anyway, well, I'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but suffice to say, I, maintained my enthusiasm with every episode. At no point did I feel let down, which is good because I had very high expectations for this show. So going to the first episode, I thought it was a really good setup without being boring and exposition-y as first episodes often are where they're like, this is the world, these are the characters, and that's all you get. Where we definitely got that, but then there was story and it set up the big question that they're dealing with the whole show, which is what is free will? Do we have it? Where does it come from? What are the consequences of it? Big philosophy questions about life, the universe, and everything. And it was really fun to throw that character of Loki into this twist on a boring office bureaucracy setting. It's not one you'd think that he would thrive in, but he's Loki. He adapts to everything. And and episode two for me felt like a very good continuation of episode one. We continued to set up the plot and it held on. It's continued to ride that this could go in any direction magic from the first one and even though the plot really does kick into gear at the end of the second episode with uh the futuristic walmart whatever it was called and actually finally the reveal of what the loki variant they're chasing is and it's girl loki we were all right but is it really anyway so i thought that was really great i moved it forward and it's still east there was still anything could happen and that scene in Pompeii where Tom Hiddleston speaks in Latin was it was beautiful it was it was very funny it was look at that little classics nerd finally getting to flex his ancient language muscles very happy for him very happy that he got to do that for us moving into episode three what was the name of that planet? Lamentis. This was, at first, the first time I watched it, I felt a little bit let down because the first two episodes, it was sort of, there was this sort of manic, um, very exciting energy of this could be anything and anything is possible. And then in episode three, we're generally settling into the plot and you're like, oh, this is what's happening. And it's a Marvel movie, you know? There's things blowing up and special effects happening and 
you know, superhero acting and where they just sort of like run through obstacles and use, you know, confusing powers and it, it, you know, must have before they put in all the CGI, I'm sure it looked very silly, that, that kind of acting, those kind of scenes. Then watching it again, having the realization of, oh, well, we're gonna sort of reset this again because Loki has figured out, or Loki figured out Sylvie's method of hiding in apocalypses so Mobius knows how to find them and then they have their little nexus moment so they can pinpoint their location anyway so you know that Mobius Owen Wilson is gonna save them right away and then we're gonna sort of and then then we're in a new we have that we keep this show keeps resetting the status quo which is really fun so for my experience of watching the show is every time I thought I was like oh this is the kind of show this is going to be they would change a parameter and something else would be going on but the the one thing that the one like the the one subtle bit of the plot we did get in episode three was okay this is going to be loki and sylvie against the tva but then as everyone who's all of you know because you all paused this and went and watched all six episodes you know by the end that ends up not quite being the case so always keeping us on our toes is this show Episode four is a is a weird one. I had a hard time trying to figure out what I wanted to say about it because in the in some ways it was kind of forgettable because it wasn't not a lot happened because we had the revelation in the previous episode of everyone who works in the TVA hunters judges what is Mobius analysts they're all variants. So that was an interesting twist. And dealing with that was kind of the thing that happened in this episode. Because the big thing that happens in this episode is Mobius gets pruned. That was kind of shocking. I was like, I, I audibly gasped the first time I saw that. But then, in the late, at the end of the episode, in the Timekeeper's Chambers, once we discovered that they're not real, and then Loki gets pruned, you're like, oh, well, classic Marvel no one really dies. <laughs> no one ever, no one's ever permanently dead because his name is on the show. He's obviously not going to die. And then they have their little post credit scene and surprise, surprise, he's not dead, which then you can, of course, extrapolate to be, oh, well, whatever happened to Loki, it's the same thing that happened to Mobius. Therefore, he's not dead either. We didn't kill Owen Wilson. I thought that would have been a very strong choice to cast Owen Wilson and then kill him before the season even concluded. But alas, that is not what happened. Now that I'm complaining, I like Owen Wilson. I really like Mobius. He's a very fun character. I'm glad he gets to stick around and we'll make it into season two probably. And now the Mobius Ravona Renslayer thing that we can maybe explore some of that relationship in season two. I really enjoyed episode five. I talked to some people who weren't wild about it. They thought it was kind of a letdown. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the whole, all the Lokis. That was very funny. I got the impression or I imagined that this is what's going on in the void. It's just full of Lokis and they're all constantly making alliances and then betraying each other and then fighting and then they start over. And this is just what's been going on for basically all of eternity. Like this is their hell. It's just a wasteland full of Lokis fighting each other and one frog Thor in a jar. I also formed a theory after watching this episode because the only 
other Loki variant that we saw that was also played by Tom Hiddleston was President Loki, and he conveniently got his hand bitten off. So I'm theorizing, and I genuinely hope this happens because it would be really cool and very funny, um, that President Loki is coming back and is going to masquerade as either actual timeline Loki or our variant Loki. And the only reason, we're, the only way we're going to be able to tell that it's him is because he's only got one hand. So I hope I'm right about that. I don't usually, like, you know, we all theorize, but I don't, I don't usually get attached to my theories because I'm almost always wrong, but I really hope that happens. And if anyone involved in this is listening, unlikely though that may be, you can have that idea. You can, you can use that. You don't even need to credit me. I just want to see that happen. All right, final episode. Thrilling conclusion. Other phrases of that nature. So I am not sure if this episode was spoiled for me or not by a teaser for it, because there was a teaser for the last episode, and they said the phrase, Kang the Conqueror, and I was like, oh, I know that is a character in the Marvel comics. I don't really know who it is, though, but they're heavily implying that that is the person behind the TVA and the person who lives in the Citadel at the end of time. Because I don't know who Kang the Conqueror is, I don't have any context for being for who he is from the comics because I haven't read any comics with him featured. So it just doesn't mean anything to me. It's just, which I think they did well because, you know, it probably is supposed to be that comic book character, but it doesn't really matter because the point is it's just a guy. It's just a scientist or a variant of a scientist from the 31st century who won a time war with himself and set up the timeline. Where it starts to get fun is the implication or the the effect that that revelation that it's just a guy has on Loki and Sylvia's relationship. Because now we, we break down the sort of the tragedy of their relationship. Because their relationship, whether or not it turns out to be romantic, sexual, or just platonic, more sibling-like, because they are versions of the same person, so it's a little confusing. No matter what shape their relationship takes in the future, the tragedy of it is, as Loki says to Sylvie, she can't trust and he can't be trusted. So we've got these two incompatible imperatives going on here. You could say that they're, like, destined to constantly be at odds with each other because they want to trust and be trusted, but they can't. That final scene between Loki and Sylvie also, I think, was the first time we really saw that Sylvie genuinely is a Loki. Like, we know that she is because we've seen her backstory, but that's the first time I thought that we really saw her acting like a Loki. She identifies Loki's weakness i.e. his feelings for her, and then she exploits them to distract him. Because I thought, because a lot of people were freaking out, or a lot of people reacted to Sylvie kissing Loki, because she definitely initiates it, you can see it, uh, with kind of like, ew, grouse, they're the same person, we didn't want this, no, why would you, why? Um, And, you know, fair enough. I... I'm not that bothered by it because Loki's a very weird character in both comics and mythology. So, you know, some self-love is not outside of his character limits at all. But anyway, point I'm trying to make here, again, if I ever am trying to actually make a point. So the point is that Sylvie identifies his feelings 
yeah, she exploits his feelings so that she can distract him and push him through a time door. So, because she obviously physically initiates the kiss and then physically turns him around so she can get her hands on the little, little, I don't know, funky disc thing that he who remains has on his desk. I don't know what to call him. I guess I could call him Kang. I forget the actor's name. He was very good, though. I like that character a lot. I hope we get to see multiple variants of him in season two, because he was very fun. And that actor was fantastic. Anyway, so that was very, very Loki-ish, very manipulative of her. Um, and I thought a, a cool way to show what woman Loki would be like if woman Loki was allowed to continue along the timeline. This is also a great cliffhanger they've got set up here at the end of their first season with, I think there's sort of two, there's, there's, well, I have two big questions. Well, there's the obvious cliffhanger of Loki has been thrust into a different timeline where Kang or whatever we're going to call him is not hiding himself as the man behind the curtain. And so this hunter b15 and this mobius and mobius don't know who loki is so that's a fun little uh, pickle he's gonna have to get himself out of and then there's just a couple other questions that come from that is did whatever they do mess with the timeline so that the timeline they were in doesn't exist anymore and because sylvie killed kang that variant of him is dead. She stabbed him really hard is she the bad guy now is she going to take over the citadel and do time ruler things because that would be cool if she was the bad guy in season two that would be a lot of fun for me that would also i think have some interesting implications for her and loki's struggle with and mobius's as well who gets free will how do we get free will what happens if we let free will loose all of those all of those branches of that big philosophical question that they started at the beginning of the of the show and when and when given the opportunity to either let everyone choose for themselves or be the one who chooses what is she gonna do i think that's an interesting question they could explore moving forward but that's the cool thing about their show is they could do anything moving forward so i've put forward my excellent ideas so Disney producer people, if you're listening, like I said, go ahead and take them. I don't even want credit. I mean, I do want credit, but I won't hate it if you don't credit me. It's fine. There was a couple moments in this show where I was very proud of myself for paying attention to things. Like in, I think it was the first episode where Judge Renslayer hands Mobius a pen and it says FDR high school on it. And I was like, hmm, that's obviously significant because why would they show us what's written on a pen if it wasn't going to come into play later? And then it did. So I was very proud of myself for noticing that. Also, talking about theories and stuff. I can't remember where I saw this. It was someone on Facebook or Twitter or something put forward the idea that, uh, put forward an idea of what uh, Sylvie's Nexus event was. And because I don't believe for a moment that Ravona Renslayer does not remember what Sylvie's Nexus event was. She's obviously lying about that because that was a big, it was a big deal that she, uh, the variant that got away is the one that was terrorizing the timeline. So she definitely remembers everything about that case, including why she was supposed to prune this child. Tying this back into how clever I am, I noticed in the last couple episodes, there are, uh, quotes of Wagner's Flight of the Valkyries in the music. Go back and listen. And I 
I googled Flight of the Valkyries and listened to it to confirm that I was thinking of the right thing, and I was, so well done me for knowing one thing from opera. Anyway, the person on social media, sorry, I can't remember who you were, I would give you credit, but I forget what Twitter thread or Facebook group or whatever I saw this in, their theory was that Sylvie's Nexus event was wanting to become a Valkyrie because as we've seen, she's very Loki-ish. There's no reason why the timeline couldn't continue on with her as female, except if she wanted to be a Valkyrie, she could be because she is she and all Valkyries are women and the timeline can't abide a heroic Loki. He has to do all of the mischief things that lead to the stuff that's supposed to happen in all those long-ass movies. And I think that the the music might be confirming that because it's very clearly quotes from Flight of the Valkyries. Like, I'm not imagining it. I've watched all these episodes twice. I pay attention to things. I have way too much time on my hands, as you may have guessed from how I choose to spend my time talking into this microphone to a dozen people that I know and could talk to in real life. But it's best not to dwell on these things. So, that's all I have to say for now about Loki. I fully intend to go back and watch what I'm calling the Loki collection of the Marvel movies, which includes Thor, Avengers, Thor 2, Thor 3, Infinity War, I might sit through Endgame, even though the bit with Loki is in the previously on in the first episode, but I don't think I've watched Endgame again since I saw it in theaters, but it's very long. It's so long. Anyway, I might revisit this after I uh, watch the Loki collection and then, of course, watch the show again all the way through uninterrupted. There may be more thoughts about this. This may not be the end. Maybe the end of my uh, audience if none of you are into this. Um, but I'm into this. And as I said, this is largely for my own amusement. And I am pleased that you're listening, but it's not, it's not crucial. I'll keep screaming into the void no matter what. Uh, I think I've banged on about this for quite long enough. I hope I've said literally anything interesting or intelligent. I think I might have. I think I've talked for long enough that the odds are in my favor that I said at least one interesting or intelligent thing. So yeah, uh, as I said before, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, not watching. You're just listening. I don't do this on video on purpose. So thanks for listening. You can you can follow me on, on various social media. My links for that are in the episode notes. If you are feeling so inclined, write me a review share me with your friends, whatever it is that, that you do. Um, I'm on all the platforms now, I think. I think I've managed to get on all the platforms, or enough of them. I'm on enough platforms. You won't, may have also noticed in the last couple episodes, there's a link to give me money. I have no expectation that anyone will, but if you feel like it, you have the option now. I do just do this for fun, so no pressure there, but you know. You should never pass up an opportunity to get random strangers to give you money. That sounded wrong. Don't do that, kids. Be responsible. I'm going to stop talking before I say something stupid. Okay, thanks. Bye.